SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Playoffs. Playoffs. And a football Friday right here on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. And all across the Sports Grid Network, I am Ben Stevens. The first football Friday of the NFL postseason. Six games on Super Wild Card Weekend. Two games tomorrow in a Saturday doubleheader. Three on Sunday. One concluding on Monday Night Football, the first ever time an NFL playoff game to cap off Super Wild Card Weekend. We are your home for it all. The lines, the spreads, the numbers, and the totals that you need to know to become the best and most informed sports better you could possibly be entering the National Football League postseason. We will also go around a smattering of sports. We'll touch in with the NBA. College basketball is in the thick of conference action. Upsets across the board. We take you into a great Saturday slate in college hoops as well. But the focus on a football Friday is, of course, the NFL postseason. And who else would we rather have here on a football Friday than a man donning a Pittsburgh Steelers blazer? It is Mike Blewett, the host of Pro Football Today, right here on Sports Grid, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on Sunday morning to get you set for the three games on Sunday in the rest of Super Wild Card Weekend. Blewett, exciting times on this football Friday on TMA in a beautiful blazer once again. Honestly, Ben, I, I forgot that the Steelers were playing. So this is just the first jacket that was I saw in my closet. So I just grabbed it, yeah. was getting ready for the show. And then I realized it sort of matches up with the Sunday matchup for the Steelers. But good to be with you. Uh, obviously, uh, excited about the playoffs. Uh, the Monday night component adds a little bit of added juice to it. We have an extra day to talk about upcoming games. So uh, obviously, there are a lot of trends that we'll go through here in this first hour, but it should be noted that over the last few years, the road teams have dominated this weekend. Well, that's very good to know because we have some road underdogs we will dive into throughout the three hours here on this show in this opening hour alongside Mike Blewett. But before we get into the NFL postseason, a little bit of coaching news yesterday across the National Football League. Shockingly so, after only one single season in Houston, the Texans deciding to fire David Coley. A raw situation, a raw deal. Never really had the benefit of the doubt there in Houston, but the Texans deciding to part ways with David Coley. In his only year as the Texans head coach, 4-13 and 13 straight up. Not a great win-loss record, although they did push their preseason team win total, setting the expectation for what David Coley had to work with. But Blewett, where I look at the Houston Texans, and when you have bad football teams in the win-loss column, you can judge how competitive they were based on the record against the spread. And that's what we do here on a sports betting show and in 16 of 17 games booked as an underdog this year only one game as a favorite so 16 of 17 as an underdog Houston was eight and eight against the number good teams win great teams cover and David Coley got a raw deal in Houston yeah and I was an under better on their season they were uh four was the number they ended up pushing so did slightly better than I expected they were a team that signed 43 free agents during the offseason 
most of those guys on one and two year deals, veterans on their second and third contracts. So I think it allowed them to stay competitive because they had a lot of veterans that knew how to conduct themselves and remain competitive. David Culley, an older first time head coach, now 66 years old. I think that veteran experience allowed them to maintain that competitiveness throughout the season. And there have been other one and done coaches, but this is the backdrop of an organization that has been a mess and has been talked about as we welcome in our radio audience. Thank you to everybody listening to us here on the morning after Mike Blewett and Ben Stevens talking about the Houston Texans firing David Culley. So David Culley's one and done isn't you isn't terribly unique, but what is frustrating about it for everyone is that this organization has been conducting business poorly for a considerable amount of time now. Now, if there was a conversation leading into this, like, look, David, we don't really know exactly what this organization is going to look like a year from now. Deshaun Watson is on ice. We have all these veteran free agents. We're sort of blowing it up and starting all over again. And we're not really sure the direction post-2021. Then him signing the four-year deal is a golden parachute and he could appreciate it. But I don't think anybody believes that that conversation happened. We continue to have billionaires and their organizations act like children and not be forthright with the information with the people that they are hiring. Deshaun Watson is pissed at the organization because they did not include him in important conversations. If you don't have your key people, this is pre-scandal, if you don't have your key people involved in these discussions or are honest with the employees that you are hiring, then why would anybody respect you and want to work there in the future? The McNair family certainly has some shortcomings when it comes to owning this football team. And right now, evident in the fact that they got rid of David Coley after an impossible situation that the first time head coach walked into and really dealt with it with a considerable amount of grace and on-field success in all relative expe expectation. Of course, you did this as well with a rookie quarterback in Davis Mills who actually got better throughout the year in those final five games, averaging nearly 248 yards per game, nine touchdowns and two picks over those last five games. It seemed as though they built a track record for success for the future for David Culley to orchestrate. But now after one year, fired as the head coach of the Houston Texans. What they're doing, we don't know. NFL postseason time, a deep dive into the playoffs up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A playoff football Friday right here on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the Sports Grid Network. Alongside Mike Blewett, the host of Pro Football Today on Sports Grid each and every Sunday morning. I am Ben Stevens. Now we break down the NFL postseason. We begin in the AFC, and you will see Mike Blewett in just mere moments. And you will see the blazer that he is rocking. He is a diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fan who even wears it on his sports coat is he so die hard that he believes the Steelers can win outright on the road on Sunday night football 
inside Arrowhead Stadium. Well, it might be a little bit difficult as Pittsburgh is a 12 and a half point underdog against the Kansas City Chiefs. The over-under for that game, Blue, is 46 and a half. But, Blue, you know your Steelers are having fun. Big Ben's saying they're the 14th out of 14 postseason teams, probably not supposed to be there. So let's just go out and have a ball. Cam Hayward saying, oh, only 12 and a half points. I thought we were a three-touchdown underdog. The Steelers are in a good mood entering Kansas City on Sunday night. Do you believe, Blewett, that will lead to some on-field success? Yeah, why Why even play it, right? Let's just punt it into a divisional weekend, advance the Chiefs, and everybody can go home happy. Maybe I don't even have to wear the blazer on Sunday. Uh, no, you do. There, there, there obviously are not a lot of reasons based on the matchup that we saw, and I rewatched it again last night based on the matchup that we saw, to have a lot of faith in the Steelers. Uh, they've gotten off to really slow starts. Um, yep. They've been gutting out a lot of these games in the fourth quarter. I will say yep. that Pittsburgh on the road, after playing a game that went into overtime, is 7-0 and in their last seven games. So they beat Ooh. Baltimore in overtime. Uh, they're on the road here. Uh, I do think that the second time around, the Steelers were in a really funky spot when they played the Chiefs last time. Because they knew that they were going to have to beat Cleveland and Baltimore regardless of what happened in the Chiefs matchup. And I do think that the motivation during that game was lacking. Um, They've been dealing with banged up players just like everybody else. And I just felt like going into that game, I knew that it was going to be a no contest. I didn't know it was going to be quite so bad, 30 to nothing at one point. But uh, I, I think that they can rally a little bit better. The problem is their offense. Najee is banged up. We're going to have to see practice reports today. He's been great the last couple of weeks, but Najee uh, being out would be a serious blow to any kind of offense early in the game. They've just been so bad uh, in the first half and first three quarters to some extent that I don't know that they can how they can hang with them over the course of the game. Now, the 12 and a half. <clears throat> I'll even say I think it's a little bit too much. Uh, I'll probably lay off this game just for uh, Homer reasons, but I would not feel comfortable necessarily laying the 12 and a half for the game. I may like something uh, similar to what you have a little bit later in the show, play the Chiefs early uh, and maybe get out in front of it as opposed to trying to hang on to a two-touchdown spread. And I do think that if this spread moves anywhere else, it'll probably continue to move in favor of the Chiefs. I have a lot of faith in the Steelers right now. Uh, their their path to victory would be Najee being able to grind it out, keep Mahomes on off the field, and T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward uh, having an all-time game to get past this Chiefs offensive line, which isn't, let's be honest, it's not the best in the league. They're probably middle of the pack in terms of offensive line consistency. And I think the Steelers will have to take advantage of that. Certainly so. When you look at that 12 and a half point spread, it's where the number opened on Kansas City. We haven't seen any movement really as of yet, but I would agree with Blewett by the time we get to the Sunday slate, probably going to move if it does in any direction in favor of KC. The Chiefs have been a favorite in every game this year, but this 12 and a half point number, the biggest in favor of the Chiefs all season long. In fact, they were a double digit favorite just week 16, a couple of weeks back against this Steelers team, they covered that number with a 36-10 to 10 win. And to echo one final point about Mike Blewett, what he said right there, the Pittsburgh Steelers 
Not a great starting team. The second worst scoring offense in the first half. The Chiefs, the third best scoring offense in the first half. And they shut out Pittsburgh last time at Arrowhead, 25-0 at the break. So that is the Sunday night football game out of the AFC. The other two in the AFC, a part of this super wild card weekend is a saturday doubleheader and blew it this game is fascinating to me the first game up of the entire nfl playoffs the cincinnati Bengals, a four and a half point favorite against the las vegas raiders the over under now back up to 49 what is interesting about this game is the line movement we have seen go back and forth back and forth it opened up in the Bengals' favor at six and a half it came down to four and a half on tuesday afternoon back up to five and a half on Wednesday afternoon and now has stuck at about four and a half for the last 36 hours or so. What do you make of this line movement, Mike Blewett? And what do you make of this matchup? Uh, I think people are concerned about a Bengals team that has no experience in the playoffs just coming mm -hmm. out and running over the other team. Uh, and I, I get that the Raiders have been a really difficult team to figure out. Uh, I, I'm going to try to, and again, road teams 14 and four in this divisional round over the last few years so you're going to have to to sit back and just bet home favorites throughout this weekend is easy to do it's always going to feel easy but you have to be mindful and we've talked about it before you just got to get comfortable uh taking points and comfortable betting road teams if you're going to win long term on this one i'm trying to not overthink it I think the Raiders are going to have a tough time covering the mm. Bengals in the secondary, and I think that's where Burrow will be able to take advantage of it. Now, the the path to victory for the Raiders, I think, is pressure on Joe Burrow. He's hit as much as any quarterback in the entire league. This Bengals offensive line, which I thought was going to be a fatal flaw for them, has not been because Burrow and the wide receiving core have been able to overcome it. But if Max Crosby and others can get after Joe Burrow and hit him, force him into some bad throws, I think that's how you would see a victorious Raiders team. But I then would not expect it to be a high-scoring game. Right now, I'm not overthinking it. I'm going to lay the points. Wish it was less than four and a half. I don't know that it's going to get any tighter than that. I'm glad it came off of five, but I don't think I'm going to wait around. I'll take them at four and a half here, and I think they get a touchdown victory. A couple of playoff debuts for the starting quarterbacks in this matchup. Of course, Joe Burrow in only his second year in the NFL, his playoff debut. And on the other side, that's the same story for Derek Carr. When you look at the passing yards props up right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, Joey B five yards ahead of Derek Carr, 262 and a half. Derek Carr stands at 257 and a half. Blew it, as you well know, five of the six Super Wild Card Weekend matchups we have already seen at least once in the NFL regular season including the Bengals and the Raiders and in that first matchup in which Cincinnati won handily 32 to 13 neither quarterback really had that prolific of a day Joe Burrow only threw for 148 yards Derek Carr yeah. was 19 of 27 for 215 through the air those 27 passing attempts tied for the fewest he has had all regular season long his passing attempts prop on Saturday against the Bengals is back up to 35 and a half and the over has a heavy amount of juice at minus 128 so that will be another fascinating component of that matchup between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Las Vegas Raiders and you heard Mike Blewett mention it the Bengals have not won a playoff game 
since 1991. Here's a fun fact for you, Blewett, on this Football Friday. The Bengals last won a playoff game in 1991. The first text message was sent in 1992. The Bengals have not won a playoff game since the first text message was sent and delivered. Fun facts on this Football Friday. That's what we bring you here on the morning after. We'll touch on the Patriots and Bills later on in the show and we will break everything down as we run the triple option to end out this opening hour of a postseason football friday on tma but up next we go over to the nfc side of things the path to lambeau field in the hunt for the lombardi trophy the nfc championship market and the playoff matchups you need to know this weekend stay with us here on a football friday on the morning app sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Let's set the stage for Super Wild Card Weekend in the NFC. We do that right here, right now, on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens with Mike Blewett for the opening hour of this Football Friday on TMA. So, Blewett, let's start by looking at the NFC Championship market. Unsurprisingly so, the one team that does not play this week out of the seven in the NFC, the number one overall seed, the Green Bay Packers, with a buy in Green Bay, Wisconsin, the favorites on the board right now at plus 170 to win the conference crown in the NFC. Right behind them, about a dollar and a half or so, plus 330, the reigning NFC conference champions in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Then a drop off to the Rams at plus 500. Their odds getting a little bit worse by the week. The Cowboys, a dollar behind them at plus 600. Then you will see the San Francisco 49ers, 10 to 1, the Cardinals, 12 to 1, and the Philadelphia Eagles, 30 to 1. The longest odds of any team, the number seven seed in the NFC postseason, and the longest odds to win the conference crown so blew it right there in the middle of the pack because i think you could make the argument anything outside of the shortest number in the green bay packers does have a little bit of value how do you evaluate the nfc championship market uh i think this is a really interesting one because i we have teams that are a little bit of a longer shot that people have real belief in notably the cowboys what worries me about the cowboys Mm -hmm. number and always should worry you about a very public team like them is i think the market is reflective of how much people kind of want them to win as opposed to what their true chances of winning are now Mm. they we already know that week one they have a matchup which a lot of people like the dog including me at least to have a chance to beat them outright that's a home playoff game for them they're only a three-point favorite the second the spread came out a lot of us were like "Eh, it seems a lot lower than i anticipated it being could have been a four and a half to six point spread and it came out in the three range and has settled in there um the Niners I don't know that they can run the gauntlet but the Rams obviously when the Rams play their best football which they haven't been doing for a month they can really beat anybody we've seen them do it during the course of the year Mm -hmm. so you start to look at these longer shots and it becomes pretty fascinating and I hate to be a dud, but I think it's going to come down to Bucks Packers personally. Um, 
I, but I said to you during the break, I'm going to take some Super Bowl positions today on some teams, mm -hmm. and I'll probably have a little bit on the Rams just with the opportunity for them to play their best football. I'm already on the Chiefs. I'm going to get some Packers, Bills, Bucks exposure, more Bucks exposure to make sure I'm covered. I think that's the teams that I'm pulling from. Mike Blewett said he will do some gambling math as it pertains to the futures market in the NFL postseason after the show here today on the morning after. But you can look out for that explanation in the detail on Pro Football Today, Sunday morning right here on the Spiz Grizz, 10 a.m. Eastern to 1 p.m. Eastern time, setting you up for the three games a part of the Sunday slate of Super Wild Card Weekend. Blewett, you are not wrong in your thinking we might have a rematch of last year's NFC Championship game inside Lambeau Field. That is the shortest price right now in the correct championship matchup market on FanDuel. That being the Green Bay Packers hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at plus 230. Obviously with the number one seed and being the favorites to win the NFC Conference crown, the road to the Super Bowl in the NFC runs through Lambeau Field. So the Packers are part of the three shortest odds right there on that board. In fact, maybe even the four, no, the three shortest odds to get to the conference championship game. The shortest one not with the Green Bay Packers involved, the LA Rams and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at plus 550. You don't see Dallas in there despite it being the number three seed against the Bucks. It's more so in favor of the Rams. One I would like to keep an eye on, the fifth shortest price that you will see, the Packers versus the Niners at plus 700 because if the Niners can pull off the incredible and beat the Cowboys on the road this weekend, it would set up pretty well, at least on that side of the bracket, if things remain chalk for the Niners to face either the Bucks or potentially the Eagles to then meet up with Green Bay inside Lambeau Field for that NFC Championship game. So, Blue, let's dive into the matchups that we have this weekend. And let's start with what you are calling that very public, now potentially square dog in the San Francisco 49ers getting three points on the road in Dallas against the Cowboys. The highest over-under of Super Wild Card Weekend at 51 points. It is a rather public play right now to think the Niners can cover and maybe even outright win this game. Is it too public for you to jump off the ship? This I've been racking my brain about this one as people are, uh, you know, my sphere of influence, as it were, keeps uh, hammering the Cowboys. Uh, I, I'm just going to, I, I think I'm going to make a light play on this one. I'll probably money line it with the Niners and hope for the best. But the, but the reality, because I just don't feel comfortable the Cowboys in this spot where they've been not great historically, obviously, in the playoffs, um, going up against a team that we had a lot of expectations on going into the season. You can talk all about Jimmy yeah. G's injury, but I think he put that to rest last week. He played great in, in a come-from-behind victory against the Rams. They have explosive players like Debo Samuel and George Kittle. Where The Niners' flaw for this game is obviously going to be what it's been, the secondary. If Dak is playing the way he's been playing for the last month, and granted it was against a couple of no-show teams, the Eagles and, and Washington, then C.D. Lamb and Amari uh, Cooper are going to eat. But the Niners are going to have to try to get out in front here, protect mm. Jimmy with that offensive line, and keep Randy Gregory and others off of Jimmy G's back. I, I, I do. If the game goes the way people want it to go, which is a lot of public money on the Cowboys, 
then we're going to see an over here. But I'm more mm. likely to take the under in this game for the Niners to keep it close, try to keep the Cowboys offense on the sidelines and maybe get a Niners win here. But anytime you have a dog, you should take the points, split it with the uh, with the points and the money line. I'm leaning in that direction, but I understand that there's an opportunity and a, a certain percentage of the outcomes is going to be for the Cowboys to run away with this one. This is the only game of the six matchups that we have as a part of Super Wild Card Weekend. We haven't seen these two teams play yet this year, and the number of three has stuck on that very key number of a field goal all week long. I think that shows you the book is hesitant to move it either one of the two ways. If you drop it to two and a half, I think a lot more public money comes in on Dallas. If you give the Niners the hook, oh boy, that very public dog probably becomes even more public. These lines are super sharp now as a part of Super Wild Card Weekend for reasons I will detail as we run the triple option coming up in just a couple of moments. One of my favorite plays of this weekend is an under of that total at 51, up from an opener of 50 and a half the highest total of Super Wild Card Weekend. And under of the highest total, Ben, are you nuts? Just let me explain it here in just a few moments. So that one of the best games on Sunday. The game right before it on Sunday begins the hunt to repeat for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Last year's NFC champions and, of course, last year's Super Bowl champions as well. Tampa at home where they have been oh so good this year. An eight and a half point favorite, Mike Blewett against the Philadelphia Eagles. It's a big number. It's the largest number the birds have seen as an underdog all year. Can they stay within that number and keep this game competitive against the Bucs? Yeah, we saw this game obviously earlier in the year during week six where the Bucs were out to a huge lead in this game and mm-hmm. they, they just were kind of running away with it. At one point it was 28 to seven and you kind of turned it off. You figure, all right, uh, we're good to go. But the Eagles scored the final 15 points of the game to cover that game. I believe they were six-and-a-half-point dogs in that game, and they covered to only lose by six. So that was a Thursday nighter. But I don't feel that way about this game. I think that even if the Bucs struggle during their opportunity to repeat here, I don't think it's going to come this week. I will raise my hand and say I've been dead wrong on the Eagles, probably the m- more wrong about the Eagles as an NFC team, although my bullish uh, opinion of the Panthers is probably uh, <laughs> supersedes my, my detraction of the Eagles. But what I would say is that their ability to run the ball has been impressive. Sirianni yeah. adjusting midseason to say, you know what, this is how we're going to win games. We're just going to try to run over teams since we don't have ample – uh, talent in the passing game, a couple of good pieces, but ample talent in the passing game. I, I just think that the Bucks are going to go back to basics here, and I think they get a relatively comfortable victory. Now, because of backdoor possibilities, I am in, I am not going to lay the eight and a half or the nine wherever it sits right now. It's been moving a whole bunch. It's eight and a half mm-hmm. this morning, so I'm not going to lay it there. We'll talk about in the triple option what my angle will be but i don't love the eagles to necessarily uh compete for the w in this one the total has also moved a tremendous amount the most line movement we've seen on either a spread or total in any of the six matchups it opened at 49 for that over under currently it sits 
at 45 and a hook. The over-under for that th first Thursday night matchup between these two back in week number six was a lofty number for a Thursday night football game at 52 and a half, just barely staying under. But to already drop by three and a half points, I think an indication that at least the book feels that the Eagles will try to run with that top rushing offense in the league, averaging nearly 160 yards per game. The Buccaneers, the third best rushing defense, only giving up just over 92 yards per game on the ground to their opponent. We are going to utilize the run game by running the triple option on the other side of the break. Our favorite side, total and prop. Stay with us here on TMA. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Postseason football in my mind, in the cold month of January, is about establishing the run first and foremost. That leads to success on the NFL gridiron. That's what I would say maybe back in 1976, but I still feel the same way right here, right now, on a football Friday on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the SportsGrid network alongside Mike Blewett for the opening hour of TMA I am Ben Stevens, but I do feel that way about establishing the run for the purposes of our favorite side, total, and prop of Super Wild Card Weekend, otherwise known as the triple option. And we will break that down for you right now. So Mike Blewett, you are wearing a Pittsburgh Steelers blazer. You are not going with the Steelers as your favorite side of the weekend, but do begin the triple option here with your favorite side and approach to Super Wild Card Weekend. Thank you, sir. And it should be noted, obviously, during this establish the run type part portion of the season, uh, we are looking, we will always look at weather. And it looks like other than the Monday night game, which is going to be frigid, we're going to be dealing with cold weather in Cincinnati and Kansas City, but not ultimately that impactful. Uh, if you see sloppy conditions and high winds, then you can really start to adjust the way you look at it. And extreme temperatures like you see in buffalo on monday night but outside of that the other five games you should be good to go we got a couple of dome games mm. obviously as well but i'm going to start it off with tampa bay tampa bay bucks uh, hosting philly laying eight and a half moved up to nine and a half in some instances we know earlier this season we just spoke about it in a previous segment that the philadelphia eagles were able to cover uh, what I like here is the first half, I will say. I took the Bucks' first half in Week 18. It did not hit. I do think their ability to sort of refocus here, they obviously are getting a little bit healthier. I think this is going to help the Bucks. I think they can get off to a good start here against an inexperienced Philly team. Bucks are an older, experienced team. Obviously just went through this last year. I think they're all about business in week one i will say that for those of you doubting it we did see a close game in wild card weekend last year against washington and taylor heineke's first start so uh, yep. maybe they don't get off to as good a start but uh, i like the bucks first half here so you don't have to lay the big number 
Yeah, I think that's a smart play. And I will look at the same thing for my first half favorite side of the weekend as well. But first, just a point on that Bucks game because the Buccaneers have been a favorite in every game this year. In fact, eight and a half points is a pretty familiar number for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In 11 of the 17 regular season games in which the Bucs were a favorite in every one, they were a favorite of eight and a half points or more in 11 of the 17 and at home this year seven and one straight up six and two against the spread so good at covering numbers and they do get off the hot starts one of the top scoring offenses in the first half in the nfl this season mike blewett i love it and i follow suit with a first half spread as well for the biggest spread of the weekend your pittsburgh steelers on the road in kansas city missouri against the Kansas City Chiefs. I look at the first half here, not only because of how good the Chiefs can be in that first half as we get to my favorite side of this weekend, no longer the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but the Kansas City Chiefs because the Chiefs have the third best scoring offense in the NFL in the first half, nearly 15 points per game on average. The Pittsburgh Steelers, the second worst, only 6.7 points per game scored in the first 30 minutes on average this year for the Steelers and if you look back at the first matchup between these two teams week 16 not all that long ago also inside Arrowhead Kansas City had a 25 nothing lead at the halftime break now I was discussing this with a friend last night for another sports book that I should not name and he was asking what my favorite side of the weekend was and I said the Chiefs in the first half against the Steelers he looked at the line it was at seven and a half that hook could be tremendously impactful as it comes to a first half spread because to take a lead at the halftime break is hard enough to do. To have it be by more than one score makes that task even more difficult. So at seven, I'm cool. I think at worst you push. Seven and a half, don't love that number as much. But the Chiefs in the first half blew it against your Steelers that are very slow starters throughout this NFL season. Yeah, I will say, too, we have not yet mentioned it. It is tete-a-tete this weekend. Ben Stevens, Chiefs fan. Mike Blewett, some say, some call me a Steelers fan. Sometimes I just like to wear nice blazers. So uh, yep. post this show, we are mortal enemies for 48 hours and then maybe Wednesday beers in the future together celebrating uh, some team's playoff victory. But I will say, as we go over to my totals, uh, we're going to start with a team that I bet against pretty consistently on this number, and that is the Las Vegas Raiders team total. You see, I have two up here. Uh, totals? We'll flash it for you. I did two totals. Two of Plural. them. So team, wow. total, uh, team total on the Raiders has been a really consistent hit here, and I know last week they put up a whole bunch of points, and they got the last-second field goal, not just against the Chargers, but against the Colts. Prior to that, they had a tight game. A couple of weeks before that, last second field goal against the Browns. But I will say, at their team total of 21 and a half, prior to the last two weeks, they were under that in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of eight games. Only that Thanksgiving game against the Cowboys pushed that total up. I give the Raiders a ton of credit for gutting it out and making the playoffs. And while I think they are live to potentially win this game, I think this is more of a low-scoring affair. I do like Cincinnati, although that total, that number just went up to five and a half. So I'd wait. It's a crooked mm. number. The, my favorite bet of this entire game is Las Vegas under 
21 and a half. I just think that this is a fairly close game, uh, but I would have the Bengals winning 24-17, something like that. So that, a team total. What is the second total, Mike Blewett, there in your triple option for the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots? Courtesy of the frigid weather, and keep in mind this one is juiced already, so I think some people are thinking uh, in line with me at minus 140, the first half total under 23 right now. Just double-checking it. Yeah, under 23 at minus 140. Uh, Even if the teams get rolling and Josh Allen gets rolling at some point offensively, I still think there'll be a divisional opponent let's check each other in the first half see how this plays out not dissimilar to what they played in crazy conditions last time the wins shouldn't be like that this time around but I still think you have divisional opponents potentially checking each other and the offenses don't get off to a good start I expect a a really competitive game here and I'm going to keep the points lower in the first half so under 23 for the first half total in New England Buffalo The game total overall is 44 points for that over-under, so the lion's share of the scoring, at least, indicated by the first versus second half, that is expected in the first half. And, of course, we all remember that first game in Buffalo. The Pats threw the ball three times. They ran it 46 times, and they won 14-10. to I don't think it looks exactly like that come tomorrow night, but I agree, Blue. And I think scoring will be at a premium, the lowest total of the weekend with an over-under of 44 points. My favorite total is the highest of the weekend at 51 between the Niners and the Cowboys. And I'm going to look at the highest total of the weekend that has increased by a hook from an opening number at 50 and a half and say under, yeah, an under of the highest total of Super Wild Card Weekend. And here is why. For the Niners, who played an over in overtime last week in their regular season finale against the Rams, that's great. But in the four previous games, four straight unders as San Francisco started to find success, mainly because the defense tightened up. And the ground game that is so exceptional under Kyle Shanahan really started to carry its own weight. Then you look at the Dallas Cowboys side of things, and you might be thinking, Ben, they've scored 50 burgers in two of their final three games. Yeah, against the Washington football team. And although the Eagles are in the playoffs, still an NFC East divisional team that wasn't really playing a lot of their best and their starters last week in that regular season finale with nothing at stake. So the other four games to end out the regular season, Dallas had four unders. So the trends are pretty strong here. And that number of 51, if this game is as competitive as we expect it to be with that small three-point spread, I don't think we push over 51, I'm going to take advantage of a little bit of market movement to that over-under now at 51 points and lean under. Sorry, Blewett. It's the way I feel. An under of the highest total on Super Wild Card Weekend. I don't love uttering those words, yet here we are. Get comfortable with unders. I love it. Uh, I'm with you on this one. I think that, uh, and as I said during my analysis of that game earlier, I think the Niners are going to try to keep the Cowboys off the field. Like I said, there's a percentage of outcomes. Cowboys are crisp in the passing game, and they run the Niners off the field. But we saw the Niners come back from down 17 last week, a really impressive win. I think that there's mm. – uh, I like the under better than the over here, and it may fly in the face of those people that said, ah, the, like you said, the 50 points the last two of the last three weeks. But 
I don't see it that way. I think this one is tighter than some people want it to be. And I'm going to I'm going to lean with you and the under. It's probably a little scary because I think we've agreed on every bet thus far. Uh -oh. uh, as we go to my final one on the prop, I, I'm going to go back to the Bengals here. Uh, I don't mm. think that the Raiders can cover Jamar Chase over 78 and a half receiving yards. I'm going to keep it simple. Our daily roto optimizer has him as one of the top three or four receivers this weekend, along with Tyreek Hill um, and uh, Cooper Cup, obviously. But uh, we will go. I will go with Jamar Chase here over 78 and a half receiving yards. He and T Higgins have the exact same number. Mm. But uh, I'm going to go with Jamar here. I, I think I think he has uh, a signature playoff game for in his rookie season. And that's interesting to me to see Jamar Chase and T Higgins with the same receiving yards total this weekend, knowing how public Jamar Chase is and probably and rightfully so the eventual offensive rookie of the year. Hunter Renfro's number also intriguing, only 55 and a half against this Cincy defense. Maybe another area to look for the first game of the Saturday doubleheader in the prop market. I mean, it's not a bad option knowing how much Derek Carr absolutely loves Hunter Renfro and how good of a route runner he is to get open and be that safety blanket at all times. My favorite prop, Mike Blewett, is in the nightcap of the Saturday doubleheader. You think running the football is going to be important between the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. I completely agree. I always think running the football is important and what are we doing right now we are running the triple option and if you remember that first game between the bills and the pats it was a beautiful ode to the army navy game that weekend that bill belichick decided to run the football 46 times and only throw it three times i look at damian harris and his anytime touchdown prop ryan williams of FanDuel brought this up yesterday and it's outstanding to me to still see it at plus money at plus 120 damian harris has 15 rushing touchdowns this year that's tied for the second most rushing scores in all of the league he has appeared in 15 games for the pats this year dealing with a couple of injuries that held him out for two of those contests he has scored a td in all but four games and he has four touchdowns against the buffalo bills this year, he has also scored at least one touchdown in the last five games, eight total touchdowns in that span. And against the Bills, back in that first game, 10 carries, 111 yards, and a touchdown. The second game in Foxborough, 18 rushes, 103 yards, three touchdowns against the Buffalo Bills. New England's implied total is 20 points. That's probably at least three touchdowns, if not at least two. Damian Harris should factor into at least one of those. And plus money, I love it. We just ran the triple option. Now it's time to hear from you. Fade the public for Super Wild Card Weekend is up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rounding out our number one of this playoffs, Football Friday, right here on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the Sports Grid network, alongside Mike Blewett, the host of Pro Football Today, each and every Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern on Sports Grid for this opening hour. I am Ben Stevens. Before Mike Blewett goes into his weekend and he starts steaming his other Steelers blazer so it's fresh and pressed for Sunday's 
Pro Football Today. We get his thoughts on your thoughts. It is time to fade the public. All right. And what we expect to be some chaos this weekend in Super Wild Card Weekend, how many underdogs went outright on this weekend and reply with who? On this poll that is still active and ongoing at Sports TV on Twitter, it is neck and neck between one underdog winning outright and two underdogs winning outright, both right around 41%. Those the leader in the clubhouse, Mike Blewett, what do you say about the public? You know, what's interesting is that there's no home dogs, right? We, we talk about that as a trend every week. We got just uh, six home favorites. Like, that's when casual bettors want to come in. They're just going to take a home favorite and see if they can make it happen. Um, yeah. I might have swung the poll. It is now leaning towards two. Uh, over oh, one, it is. And I voted two. So I think that the, two. the Niners and the Patriots are live are live as are the Cardinals, but I would select two with the Patriots and the Niners. I do not think the Raiders, Eagles, or Steelers are going to win. I think the other three are live, but I would say two. Wow. He almost gave you three right there. Really would have skewed the poll. He is Mike Blewett, the host of Pro Football Today, Sunday mornings right here on the Spiz Grizz, 10 a.m. Eastern until 1 p.m. to bring you into your Sunday slate. Three games as a part of the Sunday slate for Super Wild Card Weekend. Blewett, have a great weekend. Wear that Steelers blazer with pride, my friend. A 12.5-point spread, but great teams cover. More of the morning after on this Football Friday up next.